Hi everyone! Welcome to the Dying Will Chronicles. This is part one of a two-part series talking about the first season of Katekyo Hitman Reborn. The first part of the outline is us introducing yourself. So let's start with our special guest, Rick. Could you please tell us about yourself? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between. I am Retro Rick, host of the podcast Super Fancom. You can find us basically anywhere from YouTube to Google Play to Spotify. Super Fancom is basically, uh, if, if you enjoy, like, nostalgia shit, we've also done episodes on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We talk video games. We just basically entertain you and try to entertain ourselves as we go. Oh, wow. That's an excellent way of putting it. Thank you, Rick. Sounds like an awesome podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Richie, could you tell everyone a little about yourself? My name's Richie. Hi, Richie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, I, I am part of the podcast that, you, that this is on the channel of. <laughs> and I was asked to watch Reborn with Sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Richie. And my name is Sin. I co-host a podcast called The Snack Covenant with Richie. This Richie specifically. Hi. <laughs> and together we're doing an episode-by-episode analysis of Reborn in our new podcast called The Policy. And so Rick actually contacted us to see if we wanted to do like a season one wrap-up type deal since we finished season one. And I thought that was such an awesome idea. In part one of the Dying Will Chronicles, we focus on the characters, and this is part one. And in part two, we focus on the episodes. And so part one can be found on here, youtube.com slash SinclairLore. And part two can be found on... Google Play, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find everything in the description box below. Awesome. Thank you. So, to start... Richie, you actually watched every episode of Reborn in Season 1. Yeah, yeah. Before we start, I would just like you to give us a quick summary of Season 1 of Reborn, in case people haven't seen it in a while. (laughs) So, Reborn is a shonen anime based on a manga about a teenage boy called Suna who is kind of lazy and underperforming and one day he finds out that he is the heir to a mafia family and he is informed of this by a horrifying baby (laughs) that shows up at his house that can talk and um, the baby is a hitman and he wears a small suit and a fedora and his name is Reborn, and Reborn is going to tutor him in how to be a great mafia boss. Mm-hmm. And examples of things you need to know to be a great mafia boss are that stealing is wrong. <laughs> um, if you witness a crime, you should tell the police. And most importantly, you should always believe in yourself. And along the way, he assembles a crew of friends from his high school, and they have a series of wacky adventures that that escalate weirdly until they're quite dark and disturbing, and then and then it just snaps back and becomes wacky again, and then it ends. And I, I'm not allowed to watch season two yet. No, we'll watch it together. Thank you, Richie. So now, let's talk about some of the characters we meet in Season 1. So obviously the first character we're going to talk about is Suna! Yay! Yay. So Rick, do you want to tell us a little about Suna? Uh, Suna is basically your typical middle school kid. He's a screw-up. He doesn't get good grades. He's lazy. He's like me. (laughs) 
he sees the best in everyone or tries to. Mm-hmm. Um, his nickname is No Good Suna because <laughs> he's a slacker. Yeah. And it's interesting because he starts out as No Good Suna, right? And then Reborn has to train him in becoming a better version of himself. And he's much more heroic and much more confident by the end of the series. So I feel like there's a real character development with him throughout season one. Oh, definitely. What do you think, Richie? Well, we, this happened when we were watching it because we started off watching it. It was just uploaded to a random Vimeo account, but that only had nine episodes. So one of the things about Reborn is that the the gimmick, at least in this season, I understand they change it later on, is that when Suna is feels like he can't do something, Reborn, the baby, shoots him in the head with his gun. He shoots him with a thing called a dying will bullet that makes Suna, like, hyped up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened in the nine episodes that we watched before we switched to to watching it on Crunchyroll, is that toward the end of that night, I think it was like episode seven or eight, Suna started being able to do things without being shot with the dying will bullet. And I felt like, yeah, okay, yeah, he has actually developed in the show. It kind of could end here if you wanted to, because he's sort of... <laughs> and, then I, and then I looked at it and there were 190 episodes to go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Plus an OVA. Yeah, yeah. Part of of the understanding between Sin and I is that I have to watch it with her, I have to watch it blind, so I don't know anything that happens after season one. I saw the intro to, like, season three or four, and it looked like bleach, so I don't really know. You shut your (laughs) mouth, sir. Something happens. (laughs) Well, something does happen. But we're not allowed to talk about it, because there are no spoilers for Richie. Yeah. Well, no, but can can we talk about how, like, part of our weird relationship with Reborn is that you hadn't really watched any Shonen before, before you watched Reborn. I watched Sailor Moon. That's not Shonen, though. I watched Utena. It's very not Shonen. I watched movies of Takashi Miike. Yeah, that's also not Shonen. <laughs> but what happened was, like, when we started watching it, you you were saying, oh, it's really unpredictable. It goes to all these places you wouldn't think. But then I was sort of picking the, like, really obvious shonen tropes in it. And you you were starting to wonder if I had actually watched this before you. <laughs> so we had this weird relationship where you were like, I didn't see the tournament arc coming. And I didn't see <laughs> that, like, Suna was going to assemble a group of his friends and they all have, like, a slightly different weapon. And then they have to fight. They're kind of evil opposites on the other side and stuff like that. That's one thing I love about Reborn and Hate at the same time is the openings, because they spoil you. Yeah, that's true. I think in season one, there's a couple of different openings. Yeah, oh, yeah. But one of them shows you characters from, like, the next season, yeah. and you're like, why? Yeah, and it's like, don't do that to me. Yeah. But theme songs in Reborn are fantastic. I could listen to them all day. Oh my god, the tracks are so good. They're like they're like Bloodborne good. Sure, let's yeah. go with Bloodborne. <laughs> um, so before we move on to the next character, when we were watching Reborn with Richie, he described Tsuna in a very interesting way. And I wrote down the quote here. Richie, do you mind reading your own quote from when you watched Reborn with me? Certainly, I'll just get it. This sounds mean. Okay. Um <laughs> Every shonen protagonist ever. He's bad at school, lives with his mother, his room is messy, he sleeps too long, he has to impress a girl, but she's not impressed by him, and then she is. He seems like a loser, but then if you push him too far, he reveals his true power, and he's the heir to some kind of mystic power that he rejects because he's lazy. That's 98% of shonen anime, but there's the novel introduction of a grotesque baby who looks like a living Funko Pop. This strange homunculus who was a hitman and also a member of the Mafia. Thank you. Another thing that's come up as a result of doing this is I went back and listened to them and I have very little memory of anything we talked about (laughs) in that. I'd also forgotten, like, entire story arcs that went for multiple episodes. 
for anyone who's never seen this show, I always stress it like the first 16 episodes are nothing but character development. If you can get past that, then the show actually picks up. Well, what I tell people is that the first 16 episodes are character development, and you should be honored to watch the first 16 episodes of Reborn. Fair. That's true. That is that is what she made me do. <laughs> okay. So now we can move on to another character, Nana Sawada. Um, Rick, do you want to do the honors of telling us who she is? Yeah, Nana Sawada is basically Suna's mom. Uh, she's really nice. Um, during the course of the series, basically, everyone who comes into contact with Suna ends up living in their, in, in their house. Yeah. Uh, she makes really good food. <laughs> um, she seems to be aware of the whole mafia thing, because we'll get to it in part two, but at the, at the end of the first episode, she says, take care of my son. And that kind of lets you know that she knows. And she's not one of the like the uh, many uh, parents who are like oblivious to the whole like surrounding of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are moments where you think she doesn't know anything about the mafia, but little moments like you mentioned where it's like, oh, she's aware of what's happening. She's just really chill, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, she takes it in her stride that there's mafia assassins hanging around her kitchen. <laughs> uh oh, there's a giant turtle in the house. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, Lambo brought grenades for dinner. Silly Lambo. I hear explosions. There must be a sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Richie in an episode. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. There were explosions outside her house as usual. And she's like, explosion? Yeah. There must be a sale in town. So she goes shopping, <laughs> looking for the sale. I remember, I do remember one of, one of the things I said while you we were watching it is I sort of want there to be an episode that's just their house when Suna's not there. <laughs> it's just these like series of babies with rifles <laughs> and hitmen. They just hang around this house, and she's having to cook for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also about, uh, not, well, her voice actress, anyway, is Holly Cujo from the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure audio CDs. Oh, wow. Oh. She's the dub for Monica on Friends in the Japanese version of Friends. Oh! Uh, she... She's actually the one that performs the theme song for Sailor Moon S and the Sailor Moon R movie, and is the voice of Sailor Venus. Oh, wow! I didn't know that! Wow. That's so cool! And is the voice of Venya the Hag in JoJo's uh, Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. Oh, cool. Oh, excellent. Thanks! I didn't know that. So now, let's move on to the trickster! Ebon! Rick, could you do the honors? Oh, yes. Uh, Reborn, who's the series named after, <laughs> um, is, a, is a baby and a top-level hitman in Italy who's charged <laughs> with bringing up Suna to become the 10th heir to the Mafia family. Mm -hmm. uh, the Vongola family, yeah. Yeah, the Vongola family. Um. He wears a suit, and he has a, not a gecko, what, what's, uh... A shape-shifting chameleon? Yeah, chameleon on his, on his hat that changes shape, and mainly turns into the gun that he uses to shoot Suna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how, after hearing your description of Reborn, anyone can not want to watch the show. It's so good and funny! There's a baby hitman. He looks like a Funko Pop. Your face looks like a Funko Pop. And um, Reborn's voice actress, Neko, that's actually her real voice. There is no, like, changing of the voice. What? That's, oh, wow. That is her real voice. No way. Really? Yes. I've seen her in interviews where she's doing, like, uh, advertisements for her, uh, her music, and that's her legit voice. Oh, my God. That is the cutest voice I've heard in my life. 
That's really interesting because, like, a couple of days ago, Sin was saying to me, like, how does she do that voice? Because Sin was like, I can't yeah, do le- it. that's legit her voice. Wow. You know who else has a really interesting voice? A little slug who cannot lie. Can a little slug come here and just show us what they sound like? Hello, Rook! <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be somewhat confusing for Rick, I think. Who's <laughs> not familiar with the array of characters that have one one line that you take endless delight in me repeating. That's very deep lore. <laughs> deep lore that I don't understand yet. Excellent. Um, so, one thing that Richie really likes about Reborn is that Reborn wears different costumes! <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, can you tell us some of the costumes and characters that Reborn has, Richie? Reborn, as a hitman, has a number of wacky identities that he adopts throughout the series. Um, these include a sea urchin. <laughs> a, like, Russian dancer called Vangoloski. <laughs> um... Sometimes he puts an elephant-shaped hat on and says his name is Master Pow Pow. <laughs> but the best identity he adopts is the famous mathematics lecturer, yes. Professor Boreen. <laughs> and everyone but Suna buys it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interestingly enough, Richie, you don't know this, but Master Pow Pow is actually a bit of a foreshadowing into future episodes and we'll get to it a bit later when we talk about another character so reborn is actually very deep and it like plans ahead (laughs) richie also compared reborn to a trickster archetype could you elaborate on that richie that's just how i i described him he was he's a He's a sort of trickster mentor figure to Suna. A lot of what he does is, like we mentioned with the costumes and stuff, he just kind of confuses people and he does he does things that seem initially random but end up kind of paying off in the end. Yeah, plus he has hideouts all over town, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also very proficient at various mafia techniques. Yeah, the, the hidden mafia techniques. <laughs> <laughs> he also sleeps with his eyes open. Okay, thank you. So, Rick, could you talk about the next character? Yes, our next character is Hayato Gokudera. We first introduced to him, he wants to, like, kill Suna. So basically, if you're a fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind, it's basically Giorno and Buccellati. Mm-hmm. Where they start off as, like, kind of enemies, but then they're the best of friends. <laughs> but uh, Gogodera basically is also the nickname the Human Bomb, which basically means he's he always has like sticks of dynamite on his person, and he can detonate them at any time he wants. Mm-hmm. He's very quick to anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a sister that he gets sick around because we'll get into her as to why he gets sick. Mm-hmm. Um. He gets very jealous when someone talks to Tsuna. Yeah, and like in some episodes when Yamamoto is talking to Tsuna, you can see Gokudera does not appreciate that. He calls my favorite character a stupid cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in return, um, Lambo calls Gokudera stupidera. And oh, by the and by the boxing guy, he call he calls him octopus head. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I find Gokudera a really interesting character because when we first meet him, uh, we get the impression that he wants to be like the next mafia boss or whatever. But as the episode goes on, it becomes clear that he really doesn't. And when he um, gets to know. Suna more, he realizes that he really likes Suna and he wants to be his friend. I think it's really cute. It's really, really cute. Or like when Suna's in the hospital, yes. <laughs> he shows up with flowers and he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't protect you, Suna. It's so heartwarming. 
Richard, do you have anything to add on Gokudera? Um, no, no, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, he has other stuff, but it connects to the next character. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and who's our next character? It's Bianchi. Poison cooking. Poison cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rick, could you tell us about her? Yes, uh, Bianchi is Gokudera's sister. Um, also known as the poison scorpion, because basically whatever she cooks turns to poison, mm-hmm. which is a backstory for Gokudera being sick. Because when he was younger, Gokudera plays the piano, and Yankee basically makes him food, makes him sick, and apparently gave a great performance. And then his parents wanted Bianchi to like cook every time he had a recital. And then basically Gokudera just became sicker and sicker, and now he can't be around his sister without killing over. Aww. Is she is she in the manga? Y- yeah, every every character is in the manga. Everyone's in the manga, Richie. Because I was I was looking this up because we mentioned um, JoJo Golden Wind, which is an arc that is about the mafia. And there was this thing that came up where it's like, why? Did, did these two things about the mafia kind of came out around the same time, which was which came first? And it turns out Reborn actually predates Golden Wind by like a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Richie. So let's move on to the next character, Takeshi Yamamoto. So do you want to tell us a bit about him, Rick? This is like on the tier of my like. I kind of like him. I kind of don't like him, but um. Keshi Yamamoto is like always a positive dude. He's like a sports star in school. Like he plays baseball. Um, his father owns a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. And what's really kind of cute about him is that he's kind of like Tsuna's mom and Kyoko, where he don't know if he understands what's going on because whenever something weird happens or dangerous happens, he's like, oh, we're playing the mafia game. Can I play too? Really never got like a hold of his character until like later in the series. Yeah, Richie, what do you think of Yamamoto? He is hot-headed and well-intentioned. No, he's not hot-headed. He has his moments, like this one time he almost killed Lambo with a baseball when he was trying to play catch with him. Yeah. But I wouldn't say he's hot-headed. I'd say he's passionate about baseball specifically, but the rest of the time he's like really nice and really sweet and really chill. Well, the, the, the problem is that in my head I confused him with the next character in the list, and I uh. didn't realize they were two <laughs> different characters until I rewatched us talking about it in preparation for this. How can you... Oh my... Richie! Oh my god. Richie does that. He's like, all these characters are the same. We just need one hot-headed character who's really passionate about sports. I feel feel like you would agree that there are slightly too many characters in Reborn. No! No! Slightly too many! You know what? Let me show you a screenshot. Let me find it. I saw this and I'm like, oh, I better not show it to Richie. He might be like, oh, what? But you know what, Richie? Now that you're being like that, now that you're talking crap, I'm going to show you a screenshot. I specifically remember when we were watching the first, like, nine episodes, there was a scene in, I think it's in the school infirmary, where it just, Mm -hmm. it's like there are too many characters to physically fit in the frame. Yes. And we're about six (laughs) episodes in. I'd like you to read what it says on the screenshot I just sent you. Katekyo Hitman Reborn Top 60 Strongest Characters. (laughs) Thank you, Richie. Okay. So now, let's move on to Ryohei Sasagawa. Ryohei Sasagawa basically is extreme! (laughs) This is the hot-headed guy. He also plays video games, by the way. We know this because in the zoo episode, when Lambo blew up the walls and all the animals ran away from the zoo, they show Ryohei playing a fighting game in the arcade with a bear. Yeah. Yeah. The bear is standing on its hind legs by the arcade machine and they're fighting against each other. But then, like, confusingly, in about 10 episodes' time, 
animals are just animals. Yes. And it's meant to be scary that you're trapped with a predatory animal. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not even in, like, ten episodes time. About seven minutes ago, lions could harm humans. Yeah, and also uh, pandas meditate on... <laughs> roller coasters this is this is the episode i have the most vivid memories of (laughs) um yeah he's really extreme he's really passionate about boxing he's really passionate about sports but he's also actually really positive so he's like if goku dare and yamamoto were one person i think there'd be like ryohei you know but what's really interesting is that in the episode where Ryohei trains Tsuna in boxing, so Tsuna can, like, be more brave and, like, defend himself. Ryohei gets shot by the desperation bullet, but he remains the same because he lives life to the limit all the time anyway. And Reborn remarks that Ryohei is an oppressive fellow. And in that episode, Reborn was also dressed as Master Pow Pow. And Richie, this is what I mean by foreshadowing. Reborn being impressed with Ryohei and Ryohei admiring, like, Master Pow Pow is something that will sort of resonate later. Like, Rick knows what I'm talking about, but we're not there yet. It's in about two seasons, I think. So, in, like, 2023, this will make sense. (laughs) We seem to be doing one season a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, and Rick, do you want to tell us about his voice actor? Yes, his voice actor is also the, he worked as staff at, as part of the Egypt arc in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and also did the voice of Hulk Horse. Okay, cool. Thank you. Now, let's move on to Leon. Uh, yes, uh, Leon is reborn shape-shifting chameleon that sits atop his head. Mm-hmm. Um, he can transform into the gun that lets reborn shoot stuff at Suna. Mm-hmm. He also can transform to many other things. Like a rice um, cooker! He's so perfect! Yeah, it's like a rice cooker. Yeah. And also when he loses his tail, he can grow it right back. And in a couple episodes, we meet Dino, which Leon gave him a bullwhip. Mm-hmm. And then he creates Suna's famous X-Gloves, which gives him a power boost. Exogodovo! Yes! X-Gloves are so cool. They're, like, the coolest thing ever. Are they the thing he's wearing in the thumbnail of the top 60 strongest characters? You saw the X-Gloves, Richie, remember? No, I don't. Oh my god, so... Richie, in that episode where you're like, oh my god, what is she to do? And Shibari gets beat up in a warehouse. Bianca gets Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at some yeah. point, remember, Leon is, like, floating, and there's light, and, like, he sort of Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, like, his spe- soon as special weapon. special thing, yeah. yeah, yeah and it's, like, yeah. wool gloves yeah. that turn into these awesome gloves. Yeah, I'll level with you. I skipped rewatching that part because it was too depressing. Oh, oh my god. It's too, too violent. No, but that's the thing. Reborn is, like, so intense. You, like, go through the depressing part because in the end, it's like, no, it's victory. Like, they survive the bad stuff and they come out stronger, you know? It's inspirational. It's more like they survived being in another show for six episodes (laughs) and then it's just back to how it was. Yes. That is the daily life arc. Yeah. Yeah. And the X-Gloves will come into play more in future episodes. Okay, thank you. So now let's talk about the next character, and I think this is the character Richard likes the least. Kyoko Sasagawa. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah. So could you tell us a bit about her, Rick? Yes, uh, she's the school idol. Um, kinda only to Suna, really. Because <laughs> no one else really cares about her. <laughs> Um, she's Ryohei's sister, and, uh, Suna basically will do anything for her. He has a massive crush, but typical, he, she's totally oblivious to it. But that kind 
kind of varies because sometimes it seems like she likes him too because she's like, oh, you want to go to the zoo together? You want to hang yeah. out together? This, this was the genesis of my confusion regarding the character, which is like, it starts off with Suna being like, oh no, uh, Kyoko, the class idol, I, I love her, but she doesn't like notice me. And then embarrassing weird stuff with Reborn would happen when she was watching and he'd be embarrassed. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the relationship. But then after that, they're just friends. And there's a part where, like, within a few episodes of each other, there is a scene where Kyoko shows up at Suna's house and waits for him in his bedroom. And then they go out (laughs) on a date. But then a couple of episodes later, he's acting like she doesn't notice him. And it's like the the show couldn't decide if it was meant to be Kyoko is the class idol and she won't notice me or Kyoko is my childhood friend who I have a crush on, but she doesn't notice me. She was kind of both randomly throughout it. Well, you know, Reborn never ceases to surprise you. It goes beyond the typical expectations of characters and does stuff like that. No, but I I feel like it sort of is that because the impression I got from the show that we watched is that like i assumed this might have was this like the first major thing that the writer had worked on yeah yeah i got the impression that the writer had sort of identified okay these are the things that are in like shonen stories these characters in these these situations and it's um she isn't it put them all in the like in yeah she put them all in the story and then sort of figured out as she was writing it what she was going to do with them. So there's a, like bits in the first season that felt like it was something generic and then mm-hmm. she sort of settled on something more interesting for them later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was sort of like watching like a drafting process happening in front of you. Thank you, Richie. Now, <laughs> here are some things Richie said about Kyoko. She might be an automaton. She might yeah. shut down. She might shut down if left alone for too long. Yeah, there, there were episodes where, like, the, I remember this one where she's in Suna's room, and then something happens, and they just go and do that for the whole episode yeah. and come back, and she's still there, and she just like turned off and then came back on again. <laughs> And the most insightful thing that Richie said that I was like, oh my god, I think you're right, is that <laughs> Kyoko looks like Tsuna's mom. Like, exactly. And I quote Richie here, which makes the whole thing Freudian as fuck. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty on point. And also Richie compared it to Evangelion a lot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, and uh, another thing that we should mention is that Kyoko is Ryohei's sister. Yes. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. So let's move on to Rich's favorite character, Haru Miura. Is she my favorite? Oh, she is your favorite. But my favorite was Bianchi. Both of them are your favorite. All right. I won't won't argue. (laughs) Okay. Rick, could you tell us a bit about Haru? Yeah, Haru is the most annoying character we meet. Um. She likes children. Um, she's always like upbeat and positive, except around Suna for the first for for a while because yeah. she thinks Suna is a bad influence on Reborn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she cosplays later in the series, later in, in a couple of episodes. Mm. She thinks Suna's always trying to get Reborn into trouble and thinks Suna's just a bad person all around. But fun fact, her name is the Japanese word for spring. Oh, mm. I don't know if you remember, Richie, but you loved it when she wore those costumes. Yeah. We should clarify for mm-hmm. people listening that when it's like, Richie liked it when Haru wore costumes. They're not like <laughs> fetish gear. She dresses as like a boat with yeah. a human head and yeah. like a bunch of weird, weird animals and stuff. Yeah. 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 She was sort of the opposite of Kyoko. For me, yes. because, yeah, one of the things we said is, like, oh, Kyoko doesn't seem to have much of an existence yeah. outside of Suna. She just mm-hmm. seems to shut down when he's not around. <laughs> Whereas ha- Haru would just, like, show up in the middle of her doing things and, like, do her own stuff in the story. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she seemed like she actually was like an active character who was doing her own thing. And interestingly enough, she goes to the Midori Middle School, whereas the rest of them go to the... I forget. To the other school. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And now we're moving on to the best character of the series in all of anime. We have Lambo. Yeah. Lambo! Aru datsurai, aru Lambo. Aru datsurai, ahi Lambo. <laughs> he is so cute. Like, I can't how cute he is. He's so cute and adorable. He's so, so cute. He's such a cute baby. One of the things that became apparent when we rewatched Reborn is that Sin did not really remember very much of the plot of Reborn, <laughs> but she did remember Lambo. <laughs> so yeah. there would be whole, much like me, having watched it a year ago, she had forgotten whole yeah. story arcs, but was just like, <gasps> Lambo! <laughs> He's so, so cute. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, and I love him so much that in the notes and the yeah. outline, I just put, he is so cute. And I, I see Rick actually filled out the rest of it. <laughs> like, there is some information on Lambo. And it's true, there's a lot of information on Lambo. He is from the Bovino family, right? Yes, which is for cow. <laughs> yeah. One interesting thing is that unlike Reborn and the Arcabaleno, Lambo is an actual real baby. Mm. Mm. This is something that was incredible. When you revealed this to me, you were actually sort of like nervously coughing. Because Re Reborn is is a baby who is a hitman, but he's a, like a magic baby. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of hand wave that they've allowed a baby to carry a gun around mm -hmm. and he can talk. Mm -hmm. Um and then when, when Lambo and the next character we're going to talk about showed up, um, <laughs> and I just thought, okay, they must also be magic babies, so I'll just roll with this. But then later on, uh, you revealed to me that they are, in fact, just regular babies who I guess can independently travel <laughs> on their own um, and throw explosives around and... Are involved yeah. Yeah, and then work for the mafia. <laughs> a signature thing about Lambo that's so cute is that he carries around a giant pink bazooka. Yeah. But the plot twist comes in because it's not a regular bazooka. It's a 10-year bazooka. A time skip bazooka. I have a lot of issues with this bazooka. <laughs> 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 yeah, and yeah. it's really amazing because, again, you don't expect something like that to just show up in an anime or something about the mafia, I don't know, something Richie would say. <laughs> <laughs> and the way this bazooka works is also really interesting, and we'll actually talk a bit more on that in the second part of this podcast. Lamba also loves candy, and he loves food generally. He really, really likes food, and I think I identify with him on that level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's also known as the Broccoli Monster. And Rick, would you like to tell us something about the voice actor? Yeah, there's two voice actors for Lambo. The five-year-old one, which is Goemon from Digimon, Naruto, and Mokuba Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. While ten-year-old Lambo is the voice actor for Seto Kaiba. So basically you have the two Kaiba brothers as one character. Whoa! This is a very high production anime. Yeah. Amazing. Good job, Reborn. Okay, so now let's move on to um, a character that Richie calls a horrifying egg baby. And when Richie <laughs> saw them in the intros, Richie was like, I hope I never get to meet them. <laughs> Could you tell mm. us about Ipin, Rick? Yes, uh, Epin is a assassin from Hong Kong. Uh, again, five years old, like Lambo. Mm -hmm. um, becomes friends with Lambo later on. Um, she uses what's known as the Goisa Kempo, a technique that sends a wave of garlic sent straight into the enemy's brain, which has her control the enemy. Mm hmm. 
when she gets really nervous and shy, a countdown appears on her giant ass head called the Pinzu Time Super Explosion. And you have about like five seconds before the timer runs out before it blows up and creates mm-hmm. a crater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think this is what caused the explosion in Death Stranding? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And also in season one, we notice that Epin has like a mentor or something, but we don't really understand who it is, but we will learn more about him in future seasons. Mm. Richie doesn't seem very excited. What's up, Richie? I'm just thinking about the possibility of watching more Epin. <laughs> <laughs> If Ippin looks like the the Bayolet Apostle from Berserk, it's... <laughs> she has a gigantic egg-shaped head with a tiny little face on it. Thank you, Richie. And Rick, you have a note here um, about Ippin? Yeah, um, Ippin's actress, who's actually Chinese... Um, is also also played Carly, the uh, photojournalist in the in Yu Gi Oh Five Ds. Oh, cool! Reborn has all the best voice actors. He does. Yay! Thank you. So now let's move on to the next character, Dino. Ah, yes, Dino, the Bucking Bronco. He is the new generations of um, the Cavalone fa- family. He's their new boss. After not wanting, he was the he was also trained by Reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a he had a turtle named Enzo, who gets who gets giant when soaked in water. Right. So it's one third of a Mogwai from Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Dino must always be around his subordinates, otherwise he's a complete useless. <laughs> yeah, he is very useless. Um, when we were watching the episode where Reborn built a mountain to train Tsuna, it was Yamamoto, Gokudera, and Dino, I think, along with Tsuna that were there. And they were going through all these shenanigans, and at some point, they're lost, and Dino's like, Oh, it's okay. I have a cell phone. I can use it to call for help. But because Dino's subordinates weren't around, he wasn't even able to use the cell phone and accidentally broke it. And at that point, Richie said, and I quote, Oh no, Dino, you're useless without your subordinates. Remember your one character trait. Like how you're just bringing bringing up things I said (laughs) to make it seem like I've just, I'm horribly mean to this anime. That you made me watch. No, I think I think when Richie and I watched the anime, Richie went through a transformation because Rich, you started out not liking it very much, but by the end of it, you were like, "Oh, I get it." I started off not understanding how they dragged this out for two hundred episodes because <laughs> what it was about. And I feel you. How the laws of physics function in this universe, and what the tone of it is was shifting wildly and i was like what is this mm-hmm. like an example is like we talked about like this episode here we're talking about now where you just mentioned very casually when reborn built a mountain <laughs> so the whole premise of that episode is that they're lost on a mountain but it turns out that it wasn't a real mountain and off camera at some point reborn just made a mountain for them to get lost on and then sooner saved the day by his hand got really huge and he punched the ground which made water come out and caused a flood and also during yeah. this like the, the whole the cast were just showing up on this mountain with I think there was no explanation. They would they just go into a cave and like Haru is there. Um so it felt like this is just this this bizarre like farce. It's like a Looney Tunes. Yeah, but then within about what like maybe less than ten episodes, there are scenes of people just being like kicked in the stomach in a warehouse till blood's coming out of their mouth. And it's played like, oh my god, like you could actually someone could die in this and like or like when we talked about the zoo, there's this episode where they go to the zoo and, and a bear escapes and plays a an arcade game against Ryohei. So I'm just like what what it it's like I'm 
It's like th- these are these feel like they're five seasons apart, but they're happening. <laughs> so I was just incredibly confused for the <laughs> season. I didn't know what it was, and then I figured out by the end of it. Okay, I think it's like I said, it was like watching the drafting process, mm-hmm. yeah. and they sort of seem to have figured it out by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Richie. So you've gone through your own growth as you're watching Reborn. No, I feel like the show went through the growth. <laughs> yeah, it kind of did. Yeah. And you have a note here, Rick, about uh, the voice actors? Yeah, the, um, there was actually two voice actors for Dino. Um, apparently, like in all a lot of shows, voice actors change hands, like Mai from Yu-Gi-Oh! Changed voice actors. Um, first voice actor, which was uh, Kenta Kamashi, from ep- he started from episode eight, which was the first episode of Dino, and, and he st- he stayed all the way until the end of uh, the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Ed Shot from uh, My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second actor they got to replace him, his name is just. All right. So now let's move on to the next character, Puta. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Reggie has a weird relationship with Puta <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> when Puta appeared, Reggie was like, "What is this? Every character has a gimmick." Oh, look at me! I'm Puta. I rank things. Oh no, it's raining. I'm going to sleep. He does. <laughs> that's true though it is true every character has a weird gimmick that's not me making that's just an observation so F- food is a kid he's he ranks things every time something he's like he's like one of those channels that just does top 10 lists yes and he puts everything in lists and then when it rains he falls asleep and but they play up that he's gonna be a major character and he's in like four episodes and then goes back to Italy. <laughs> Is is Fuda the one who first utters the phrase seven strongest mafia babies? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Richie! Richie's such a bully. When you say things yeah. in that tone, it sounds ridiculous, Richie. <laughs> Which led to the situation where I realized that not only were Ipin and Lambo normal babies. But there's there's seven very powerful mafia babies, and then a potentially infinite number of other just regular babies that work for the mafia. <laughs> Which outside of this is depicted as just like guys in suits hanging around Sicily in bars. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's just this particular branch of the mafia that's that's like a weird fever dream. The rest of the mafia is normal. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Um, so let's move on to the next character. And this character is actually, I am doing like air quotes, a bad guy. And their name is Mukuro Rokudo. So tell us about him, Rick. Yes. Oh my god. He's like one of my favorite characters in the entire series. Oh wow. Yeah. He was in the mafia testing facility as a child. They they tested him for like the bullets and like they sh- they kept shooting like bullets at him to f- figure out what how how they work he was basically like a guinea pig one day he just snapped went on a killing spree he assembled a group of guys that follow him but also mukuro can create illusions because in his eyes because he has two different colors eyes which he calls past life exp- experiences from six realms. And Tsuna can basically feel him by the end of the show. So he, know- he knows when he's coming. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I just think Mugoro be- like, is a really cool, like, our first, like, evil guy off-, off the bat. It's a good way to, like, okay, something's interesting happening finally. And it's, it's got a cool gimmick. And when Mukuro is introduced, this is when things get a little more dark and intense. Yeah, because you, um, again, casually mentioned the phrase mafia testing facility. 
in which it it turns out that the mafia have a secret island where they're trying to create super soldiers. It's, it's like something from Metal Gear Solid. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Now, <laughs> the next character is... So this was a little bit of a relation for Richie, I guess. And I was very excited that we got to this point because this character is another magical baby. One of the strongest babies ever. An Arcabellino. And his name is Colonello. Tell us about him, Rick. Okay, um, Colonello. He's basically the commando baby. And the translation I got all the time, he always answers sentences in hey. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet him in Mafia Land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Mafia Amusement Park. <laughs> yeah. And Kalinello is, like, super hardcore. He's, like, I guess he's, like, probably as strong as Reborn. And he has, like, a rifle, and he has a bird that takes him places. I don't remember. What was he doing in Mafia Land? Does he, does he just live there? <laughs> Um, if I remember correctly, I just think, like, Reborn invited him, or he was just there to, like, oh. test every test Suna or something. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. And for those who are wondering, <laughs> Mafia Land is, like, this island with attractions and stuff where Mafia can go ahead and relax without the prying eyes of others. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Rick. So now, that's not all. At the end of the season, we meet another Mafia baby, and their name is Skull. Reborn uh, keeps calling Skull Lecky and, like, bossing him around, and Skull doesn't retaliate. He's like, uh, Skull has an octopus that, like, gives orders to. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. also wears a helmet, and... Other than Mukuro, it's my favorite color scheme because I love black and purple. Yeah. And Skull, I think, is also described as a stuntsman. Yes. But I don't think we saw him perform any stunts yet. No. Okay. And yeah, like we were saying, um, Skull is almost like afraid of Reborn, and Reborn bosses him around and calls him Lackey, and Skull doesn't like it, but he doesn't deny it or contradict it. He's just like, oh, okay. What do you think, Richie? I don't think I saw enough of Skull to properly get a grip on the character. I just... (laughs) All I remember is there was another baby and they had an octopus, and they attacked the Mafia castle on Mafia land. And I remember when we were watching this, um, they were showing how, like, there is a... I forget the Mafia family, but the bad Mafia family. The bad Mafia. (laughs) They're storming Mafia land on giant, like, ships, and then you just stay quiet, and then you just go, remember how the Mafia has a navy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. And now, the last character we're going to discuss today... It's your favorite. Do the theme, Richie. Do 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 do. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's Hibari-san. Woo! Yes. Yeah, and he's just so cool. Um, he's the head of a disciplinary committee, and he's very calm and composed, and you don't mess with him. And he's so hardcore that Tsuna, the 10th generation Mm, mafia boss of one of the most powerful mafia families, is scared of him. Well, not only that, but in the final episode of the season, the high school disciplinary committee successfully extort the mafia. (laughs) Um, Which sounds like like a wacky farce, but that is actually just the plot. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in one of the episodes where uh, Reborn makes Tsuna think he killed someone, and um, they're, like, trying to figure out what to do with the body, Hibari jumps through a window and he's like, I can get rid of that body for you. (laughs) That was my, like, favorite, like, arc of of Reborn, honestly. (laughs) It was just, like, this idiot child trying to deal with a whole lot of assassins living in his mother's house. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And um, Hibari also seems to like Reborn. Like, Hibari doesn't really show it, but you can kind of tell it because of the things he says. So I think Hibari and Reborn um, have this sort of respect for each other. And Hibari is really into being the head of the school disciplinary committee. In one of the episodes where he gets captured and locked up in the warehouse, he actually befriends the little bird that another bad guy used to have and teaches the bird the theme of the school. So it shows like a softer side of Hibari. You know, he yeah. loves animals. Yeah. While still wanting to fight Reborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Him and Reborn have a complicated I like relationship. Him. I want to fight that guy. <laughs> I want to fight that baby. <laughs> the best part is Hibari's theme. Yes. Which I used to have as my ringtone for a while. Oh my god, that's so cool. Whenever we see Hibari on screen, like doing his like face and pose and all that, the theme comes out and it's really funny because it's like every time. <laughs> Richie calls it Hibari's hunting theme. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just in this show about the mafia, the major source of threat is the head of a high school disciplinary <laughs> committee. Yes. Yeah. yeah. While looking for like no, like any type of like fun facts to add in, I found out he's also the voice actor of Faust from the Guilty Gear series, and he's the Japanese voice actor for Terry Bogard in Smash. Wow. Oh wow. Kyan really likes Guilty Gear, so I'm gonna send Kyan a message as we mm -hmm. speak. Nice. The voice actor of Faust from Guilty Gear is also the voice actor. For Hibari in Reborn! Exclamation point. Let's see what Kain says. Okay. Thank you, Richie. And now we're approaching the last part of the podcast. So let me ask both of you who is your favorite character? I think my favorite character is a tie between Hibari, Lambo, and Mukuro. Because Mukuro is actually like a very cool, like, stylized villain and like something that like shakes up the show if you're really bored you get to him you're like okay this is really awesome lambo is like it has the it introduces a five-year like the ten-year bazooka that like seems interesting that can be used good if used right and if they remember to use it mm -hmm. and then hibari is just basically he's got that quiet cool he's He's like, yeah, yeah, he's like that, like, not really a bad guy, not really a good guy character. Yeah, he's like an anti-hero of sorts. Yeah. Okay. My favorite characters are, I think, Lambo and Hibari. Oh, Rich is laughing in the background. What's up, Richie? You being a uh, laugh bullying a lot today, what's No, I just like, I know it's Lambo and Hibari, because... I mean, I, I, I mentioned this when we were recording it, but I feel like a lot of your experience with season one could have been replicated by just looking at a looping gif of Lambo for the same amount of time. <laughs> kind of like like how you, you watched that 10-hour-long Detective Pikachu dancing thing. I feel like that's... Because you, you, you're obsessed with Reborn, and we were watching it, and you couldn't remember a lot of things that were happening, but you were saying, Oh, Lambo! Look at him all. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. His design is so yeah, cool. Yeah, it is a very and good design. And his episodes are so yeah. funny. It's just, yeah, it's it's really, really cute. My boyfriend recently informed me that when we watched the show together, I apparently did not like Hibari. I was like, he's so mean. He's not nice. Yeah, I guess I grew to like Hibari more as the series progressed. And uh, Richie... Tell us about your favorite characters. Uh, I liked Bianchi a lot. Because I thought mm -hmm. she was a good contrast to the other wacky assassins, because she just seemed to want to get on with things. So if you put her and, like, Lambo together, Lambo is just causing all of this chaos. And then Bianchi is also causing chaos, but in an attempt to just, like, resolve the situation. So I thought it was good mm -hmm. the way they played off each other. And um, mm -hmm. and I liked Haru because she was a weirdo, but it was weird in a way that a human being could be. <laughs> so mm -hmm. she also like 
sort of built on the the chaos that was happening. She could just, but she just showed up. She didn't need a gimmick. She could just be strange. And she actually could drive plots forward and stuff. Unlike Kyoko, who just sort of stood there. (laughs) Thank you, Richie. And now let's talk about our least favorite character or characters. What about you, Rick? Least favorite characters, horror and real A. Hands down. I hate Ryohei so much. I Even through the entire series, I, he never did anything for me. He's just that like way too like loud guy that wants to be like center like Extreme! Yeah. Do this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, take it down a notch, pal. <laughs> and then you got ha- and you got Haru who just like he's basically like what you think Grell is in uh uh, Black Butler, the the annoying fangirl who just like wants to get with the main character. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Richie? Um, I think I might just go Ryohei by default because I don't. I forgot he existed until we did the rewatch. Because <laughs> I had remembered him and um, Yamamoto as the same character. Because I, mm-hmm. they, my brain had combined them into a hot-headed guy who loved baseball. <laughs> also, I find Ipin grotesque. That's totally fair. <laughs> Especially the way that that Ipin's like on top of the way that she looks. Her m- method of attacking people is just horrible smelling gas. Yeah. <laughs> so one character that I found a little disturbing. And <laughs> I think Richie will agree with this. I think Richie forgot or blocked out his existence. Uh, remember the chivalrous pervert? Oh, oh my Dr. god! Oh we never god. even talked talk about yeah. him. No, I think I blocked him out as a form of self-defense. Yeah, I think we all blocked him out. Dr. Cheval is just so weird. It's just like... I, I don't know. No. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll touch on it more in in part two, in part two. We'll talk about them. And um, so we have a couple more questions, and these questions are for Richie because he hasn't seen season two. Oh, good. Or three, or four, or five, etc. Yeah. So, Richie, yeah. What are your predictions for season two for the characters we talked about, as well as any other character you remember? So my prediction is that now that Suna has his gang together and it's established that they all have, like, one special ability, like Gokudera's <laughs> got his dynamite and Hibari has the knives, you know, yeah. he's got the baseball bat, um, they're going to meet, like, another group of rival hitmen from another family and they're all mm-hmm. going to have, like, an opposite sort of rival on that side and there's going to be a series of, like, altercations between them as they learn more about these weird rings that you keep bringing up, but I don't think I've actually factored into the series yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Richie, can you think up of any new characters that you think will show up? But it, it could be anything at this point, because it's <laughs> just like, the baseline of the series is a baby who is a hitman. It's not like... <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm assuming that, like... Again, this is I'm not not supposed to know this, I think, but when they talk about the Arco Baleno and they're all different colours, it's mm-hmm. like okay, so like Reborn must be one colour of the rainbow and then Skull's another one and mm-hmm. Colonello's another one, so there'd be another four. Cause did actually different cultures consider their different colours in the rainbow, but like so I'm guessing there's like four four other mafia yeah. babies that we're yeah, going to Re- meet. Reborn is yeah. yellow, uh Skull is purple. Um, and I think Coronello is blue. Right, yeah. Also, like, there was there was seven rings in the box that we saw. Oh! So I'm guessing that, like, everyone in Suna's gang gets a ring or something. No, I don't, I don't know. know. We're not yeah. there yet. Who can say? It could be literally anything. Maybe Tsuna's gonna wear all seven rings himself. This is, this was the, like, the genesis of, of this whole thing. Is that about two years ago, you mentioned a box, and you were trying to explain it to me. And it sounded like this. It was, there's a box, and it's like the box from the anime, and then there's the seven rings, and then you work with the mafia, and there's seven rings, and seven babies, and they're all the colors of the rainbow, and you put them in the box, and that's the policy. That was 
yet another reborn episode. <laughs> Uh, with special guest, Rick. It's been a pleasure recording with you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You are too. I do, I try. <laughs> but you can find me on Superfancom. Available on YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Deezer, Podbean, Spotify, and Player FM. Hardcore. I just realized something. Ariana Grande is a Reborn fan because she has a song called Seven Rings. That's also a, the Sonic the Hedgehog um, storybook series. There's a song about having seven rings. Yes. Yeah. So we already found two sets of rings. The first set is with Ariana Grande <laughs> and the second set is with Sonic. Yeah, so if you combine <laughs> them, that's the policy. Ariana Grande, Sonic and the Secret Rings and Reborn together gives you the policy. <laughs> <laughs>